Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets and plants that are important to you. This past Saturday, I was at the grocery store to pick up food for the week, and my wife had added balsamic glaze to my shopping list. If you've ever had a caprese salad or a bruschetta sandwich, you may already know what balsamic glaze is. If you've never had a caprese salad or a bruschetta sandwich, you may not know what it is. So I'm going to do my best to describe what a balsamic glaze is to you now. A balsamic glaze is a vinegar reduction that looks like and has about the same viscosity as old motor oil. And it has a very intense flavor that's a combination of both tangy and sweet. And it's usually sold in a bottle about the size of a small A1 steak sauce. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you all this is because I was having a hard time finding a bottle of balsamic glaze in this grocery store. And what I kept finding myself doing is going up to the store employees and asking them where I might find this balsamic glaze. And while I was asking them, I found myself making my hands into the shape of the bottle as if like, they, if they, when they saw the size of the thing uh, I was looking for, that they it would jog their memory somehow. And after doing this at least three times, because nobody knew where the hell the balsamic glaze was, I was reminded of this scene from the 1996 movie Big Night, where Tony Shalhoub plays a perfectionist Italian chef whose brother, played by Stanley Tucci, is the manager of this restaurant the brothers own in New Jersey, and the Stanley Tucci character wants to take risotto off the menu and the Stanley Tucci character's perfectionist chef brother sarcastically suggests that they replace the risotto with a hot dog. And while trying to say the words hot dog through his Italian accent, the Tony Shalhoub character makes the shape of a hot dog with his hands. What does all this have to do with the price of tea in China? Absolutely nothing. Folks, sometimes there's no smooth way for me to transition from a personal anecdote to a plug for my books. So I'm just going to let you know that you are listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast, and I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. There are no ads on this program, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love the podcast and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some excellent fiction, please consider purchasing any or all of my novels. I'm the author of 11 self-published stories that are all currently available worldwide in both ebook and paperback formats via Amazon. If you don't use Amazon, you can find and buy all of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O. L.A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song.
people are the enemy listeners. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Thank you for spending time with me. You're in the right place. You are now rocking with the best. You got me. You got Rachel. Are you ready to get into it? Good. When life knocks you around a bit, what do you do? You get back up, right? And you come back twice as hard. Right? Welcome to the People Are the Enemy Army. But we are not an army at war. We are an army at love. And we're going to bring light. Come on. Get into it. Do you love it? Come on! Sing it! Like I said, like I said, like I said, like I said! Woo! Come on, baby! Logos, upper Randy! Come on, baby! Oh my god! Does it feel good? Does it feel great? Alright, let's take it down. Gently. Gently! Oh, I love it. Oh man, does that get me pumped. I must have listened to that song seven times the other day. Just listening to it over and over again going, oh my god. Oh my god. I feel it. I feel my, my hands pulling myself back together. My obliterated ego suddenly reforming. You know, things can take you out of the game for a moment, you know? Life happenings, you know? You gotta pull yourself back together, man. Oh, and sometimes all it takes is a good song. For those who don't know, that was The Hives with the song Bogus Operandi from their album The Death of Randy Fitzsimmons, which came out I think maybe the, the end of 2023, beginning of 2024. What a band. I love that band. Holy moly. I did, You know, it didn't hit me right away, this new one. I was too into, like, uh, their older stuff. Veni Vidi Vicious. What was the other one? Tyrannosaurus Hives I loved. And I listened to this new one, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they still got it. Are you kidding me? They've never lost it. What a band. Love that song. Hope you liked it. Whew, how are you out there? How's everything doing? Did you get any sun this weekend? I swear, the last two and a half weeks have been nothing but gray days, man. And, and like, you know, not necessarily foul weather, but just gray overcast days, man. It is a bummer. You look out the window, it looks like Buffalo 66 out there. You know what I'm saying? Sheesh. But, uh... But the sun is back. The snow is melting. Speaking of snow melting, I've got uh, solar panels on our house. We had them put on last year through a, uh, a program with our energy supplier. And uh, one thing it's taken some getting used to is snow sliding off these panels. Because <laughs> of the sound, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of jarring. It's a little loud. And my dog goes ape s whenever it happens. <laughs> my poor wife shut the front door to go to work, 
and uh, snow fell right onto her, onto her, like the back of her head and her neck. The poor thing. I felt awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now we have to just make sure to be very careful walking inside and outside of the house, shutting that door, because uh, you could get hit with an avalanche. But uh, fortunately, this past weekend, anyways, it was uh, well above freezing, so we had a good melt off. That was nice. You know, I've been saying portobello mushrooms my whole life. They're portobella mushrooms. Nobody's ever corrected me. I didn't know till this past weekend. Like I said, I had to go to the grocery store. Like I said, like I said. No. <laughs> and pick up some food, but I also got some things from my wife. And she had a, she had portobella mushrooms on, on the uh, list. And I was like, porta... Oh, that's how you say it? <laughs> I've been saying it portobello my whole life. It's not like something I eat too regularly, but still, you know, you'd think you would uh, figure that out. We've got some... We've got one supermarket that we call Crazy Shaw's. <laughs> There's about, you know, four or five supermarkets in the city I live, like major supermarkets. And there's a couple uh, for this chain, Shaw's. I'm not sure if that's a national chain or if that's just New England or just the East Coast. But one of these Shaw's, my family and I, <laughs> whenever we're trying to delineate which Shaw's we're going to, if I'm walking out the door... My wife will say, which Shaws are you going to? And if I say crazy Shaws, she knows she knows which one I mean. And the reason we call it that is because I there's been so many happenings there that are just off the wall. Now, the store itself isn't necessarily crazy. But uh, I guess somebody walked in there completely naked. A woman just walked through the store completely naked one time. A man accosted me one time with uh, pamphlets. To listen to some kind of radio station. It looked like some kind of underground radio station. <laughs> Not necessarily crazy, I suppose. But, uh, oh, this is terrible. Some guy some guy got shot in the neck. <laughs> yeah. Outside of the... He lived. I wouldn't, I wouldn't joke about it or laugh about it if he wasn't okay. He was okay. But yeah, the dude was the dude was standing outside of crazy Shaw's. And somebody came came by with a, with a gun. And sh I guess it was like a drug deal gone bad. Shot, shot the poor... poor Poor dude in the neck. Yeah. Last time I was at Crazy Shaw's, I saw this, I saw this guy. He was, his hair, he had this amazing hair. And you might call it crazy, but it was, it looked like, you ever see those troll dolls? You remember those little, little troll dolls that are really cute, but they had that wild hair that you could style into any kind of style? It looked like that. Like it stood up like two and a half, maybe three feet off his head. In a, in a, like a... Well, I'd say Afro. I don't know if he was African American. Could have been an Isfro if he was uh, Israeli. But yeah, he had uh, he had uh, curly curly hair, and it was like that. It was almost like that troll doll where it swooped way up into the air, about two and a half, three feet, and then over to the side. <laughs> I was like, great, this this Shaw's is crazy. <laughs> but you know what? It's not a bad store. They, they usually have what we need. <laughs> I think again, I think it's just the clientele, man. Maybe it was maybe it was built on like an insane asylum or something. I don't know. I don't know. Crazy Shaws. Speaking of crazy, I met this guy the other day at the gym. I was sitting in my car. I got to the gym super early. I, I really I really like to get there early. And this guy pulls up in a car and it's a red Toyota, a little older, not you know, looked like a Camry, probably. Had a license plate that said the Wanderer. And I was like, oh, who is this? I don't recognize this license plate. And I'm there early, obviously. You see the same people showing up again and again. 
And I see this gentleman get out, and he's a heavyset fellow, and he's got big glasses on, big black rimmed glasses, gray hair pulled back in a long ponytail, and he's wearing like a track suit. And I'm like, this guy looks like a character. Like a character right out of a movie or a book, you know what I mean? And, uh, and he goes in, and then I follow, and I talk to the lady at the front desk, because we always, we always speak, you know, we keep it friendly. And I go up to get on the bike that I usually get on, because I do the recumbent bike, and I like to read while I'm exercising. And uh, the, the gentleman, the wanderer, let's call him, is on, is on, my, on the, the bike I usually get on. So I sit down in the one next to him. Not a big deal. I don't mind, you know. After I clean it, of course. you got to clean the equipment. Come on, people. Get your sweat off the equipment. Take one of those wipes. Those wipes aren't there for your health. Well, they are there for your health. That's the idea. Wipe those things down. Wipe that seat down. Anything you touch, wipe it down. Come on, before and after. You know who you are. Come on. And I start talking to this guy, and he says his name is Gary, and he says, oh, I'm here all the time. And I'm thinking, like, well, no, you're not, Gary, because I'm here all the time. I've never seen you before in my life. But we start talking about music, and this guy's got a great head for music and albums, and this is the kind of person I love to speak with, because I'll say, you know, he'll say, I love the Stones, I love a lot of doo-wop, I love this, I love that. What else did he say he was into? Do you like the Beatles? Yeah. What's your favorite Beatles album? Abbey Road. Me too! I love Abbey Road. It's not necessarily everybody's favorite, but uh, I do love it, so I found, found a, a certain uh, uh, simpatico with uh, Gary there. And then at one point in our conversation, Gary looks at me and he says, you know I'm a sociopath? I was like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> I said, pardon me, Gary, but uh, if you were a sociopath, I don't think you'd be talking to me right now. <laughs> Most sociopaths don't want to have anything to do with anybody. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's a weird thing to announce to somebody. But regardless, you know, Gary's telling me he's a sociopath and all I'm thinking to myself is don't give this guy any other additional information, Andy. <laughs> don't tell him your last name. Because <laughs> who knows, right? But uh, he had a family and everything like that. He's been married a couple times, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He'd, uh, he'd, I think he had a military background, if I remember correctly. And he says, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. We'll talk some more. Never showed up again. I thought I'd have dreamt the whole thing. And here's the weird thing, man, about Gary's. And right now, it's 2024, right? Never had Gary's in my life, ever. I might, I might have known, like, one Gary uh, maybe seven years ago. But only to say, hey, Gary, you know, and then you say, hey, probably never even knew my name, right? So nothing friendly. Now I've got three Garys in my life. And here are the three Garys. Gary number one is the Wanderer. <laughs> Gary number two is Gary Gullman. Now he's not a friend, obviously. I don't know him personally. But yeah, he's provided a lot of comfort in the chaos that has been my 2024 thus far. And I'm thankful. And by the way, speaking of Gary Gullman and his book, uh, I requested it at our library, and they're getting it. I'm psyched. I can't wait to read it. I think it's called Misfit. Looking forward to that. That's two Garys. Also started in with a new therapist. Guess what his name is? Yup, Gary. <laughs> I went from no Garys to three Garys. What's next? Who knows? Do you say Beatlesque or Beatles-esque if, uh, if a band or an artist sounds like the Beatles? I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm leaning towards Beatlesque, but isn't it Beatles-esque? 
Isn't that correct? I don't know. Speaking of pronunciations, check this out. I found this out the other day. Watch this. I should take this away. Okay. This is my phone. I, I found this out when I was uh, looking for something. Listen to how uh, my Siri says haagen -Dazs. Watch this. Hey, Siri. How do you spell haagen -Dazs? Hodgendazes. H. A. T. E. N. D. A. Z. S. <laughs> what I can't understand is I'm I'm asking her to spell Hagendaz. She knows the word. She obviously spelt it correctly as the ice cream is spelled. Why did why why does she call it Hajendazes? <laughs> Is that how they say it in Australia? Because I've got her set to to give me the Australian accent. I wonder. Hajendazes. What else did I want to tell you about? Well, I do have some clips for you. Want to hear some clips? Okay, hang on one second. One minute, and uh, we can't hear the clips without the clip music. So, clip music, please. Whenever there's trouble, whenever the double, we're not the hunger. If you've got the crime, we've got the time, we're not the hunger. Okay. The first clip we have. I'm wondering which one I should play first. I have a feeling that if you don't like one of these clips, you might like the other. Or you might like them both. I feel like I should start with this one, though. This is fun. This is a dude, you know, there's a lot of these people on on TikTok. I imagine there's a lot of these people on social media. Just drummers who are, are just happen to be very entertaining people. You know, there's so many comedian drummers, if you think about it. I can name a few for you right now. Let's see. Uh, we got Dana Carvey. That's a comedian drummer. Uh, Fred Armisen. That's a comedian drummer. Oh, uh, somebody named John Worster. Perhaps you know him from The Best Show. Comedian drummer. Yeah, and there's a lot of these guys, a lot of comedian drummers. I think it has something to do with the timing, but there's a lot of these ladies, gentlemen, and others on TikTok especially who have Twitch streams and whatnot, but obviously they market their stuff through TikTok. And this one cat calls himself Seth Drums. And uh, what he likes to do is play a song and drum to it. But again, uh, he 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 uh, injects a bit of humor. So he took the police song, Roxanne, and uh, took all the words out of it except for rocks. <laughs> so, so here's a clip of Seth Drums playing his drums to the police's Roxanne, but it's only rocks. Check it out. Roxanne, but it's just rocks. Rocks! <laughs> Here it comes. Rocks! <laughs> he's, you can tell he's, he wants to laugh so bad, he's holding it back. Me, I'm gonna laugh all over it. Here we go. Rocks. 
just dropped into the chat and said, where is Anne? <laughs> Stuff, right? Again, that's a fellow that calls himself Seth Drums, if you're looking for him on TikTok. The other clip I had, and if you didn't like that, I'm sorry. I, 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 I've listened to that at least four times, and I laughed every single time. I thought it was so funny. Uh, the other clip I have is uh, Mr. Ace Freely from the band Kiss, legendary guitarist, who, uh, who thinks he won a Grammy, but never did. This is this is him being interviewed, and uh, in, and he's insistent that he won a Grammy, and the uh, the interviewer is uh, is saying that uh, he did not. This is uh, quite interesting. How you forget you won a Grammy, I don't know, but check this out. This is a lot of fun. Do you think it's sort of a, a travesty that Kiss has never won a Grammy, and that Kiss only had that one Grammy nomination for Psycho Circus? We won a Grammy for Beth. I got it on my see. shelf at home. Oh. You better do your homework. <laughs> am I right or am I right? I, look it up. We gotta check that because I, I've been known rock. to be wrong too. I know we won a People's Choice Award, and I'm pretty sure I got a Grammy. That's one of people's choice. It did not win a Grammy. Did not win a Grammy. Ah. Wait a minute. I have a I have a Grammy on my shelf. <laughs> I just I gotta have Rachel look on the shelf. <laughs> now I'm I stumped. Hi. Pooh Bear. What'd you call me? Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear. I thought Hi. I had a Grammy on the shelf downstairs. A what? A Grammy. A Grammy on the shelf downstairs at our house. Yeah, where are my Here? awards are. Is there? Where is it? You do. I um, do have I a Grammy, know. right? What does it say on the Grammy? Which shape is the Grammy? <laughs> I thought it was There's that... a lot of different shapes. Doesn't it have a round circle in the middle? Yes. Okay, here we what go. What does it say? It says Recording Academy New York Heroes Award presented KISS for your outstanding contributions to music and the music community 2001. But is it, is it a Grammy? What is it? Send me a picture. Take take me a picture with your iPhone of of, of that award that uh, the has the round circle in the middle. I want to see what it looks like. She's gonna take a picture of it. Okay. The last the last frame of the TikTok is the award. It is not a Grammy. <laughs> How do you mistake any other award for a Grammy? A Grammy the the award is is a gramophone. It's like a three dimensional like metallic replica of a, gra of a gramophone, and also. How do you not know you won a Grammy? I mean, Ace Frehley's up there in age, but come on, man. I mean, he sounds pretty, you know, coherent. <laughs> you know? Oh, I thought that was adorable. Ace Frehley. I like, uh, or Pooh Bear, <laughs> as his uh, significant other uh, prefers to call him. <laughs> Guys, girls, others, I'm going to hand things off now to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week, and I want to send sincere appreciation for the two people who recognized the milestone of 100 Chart Chat segments, Jeffrey and Carolyn. This week, on one of my Wikipedia journeys, I stumbled upon a page I'd never visited before, the list of artists who have achieved simultaneous UK and U.S. number one hits. For me, I might be more interested in how the charts, particularly the singles chart, tend to differ between the two countries, so I'd never thought about all the times that the number ones might line up. Definitely check out the page for yourself, especially if you want to read the name The Beatles a bunch of times. For this segment, I'm going to take you through the singles of the 1980s which achieved this feat. Starting off with one from 1980, uh, Call Me by Blondie, 
This topped the U.S. Hot 100 from April 19th of 80 through May 24th. That was six weeks in total. On the U.K., it was number one for one week on April 26th. Uh, this came from the album, uh, the soundtrack to the movie American Gigolo. I originally had thought of pointing out the country of origin of all the artists, but all of them except for one and a half were the U.S., so that was not as interesting. Blondie had four U.S. number ones in total, and they've had six number ones in the U.K., uh, including that Maria song that I know to be a favorite of my friend Jill. The lyrics to this song were by Debbie Harry, and the music was by Giorgio Moroder, who also produced. She sings lyrics in two non-English languages, in Italian, Amor, Chiamame, Love, Call Me, and French, Appelle-moi, Mon Chéri, Call Me, My Darling. I learned that Blondie is only credited for vocals on the American Gigolo album's liner notes. There's a keyboard solo by Harold Baltemeyer, who was part of Giorgio Marauder's crew at the time, and other session musicians that worked with him are credited for the other parts. And Debbie Harry performed Call Me with the Muppet Band on The Muppet Show on an episode that came out in January of 81. Up next, also in 1980, Barbara Streisand hit number one with her song Woman in Love. Those were the dates of October 25th through November 8th in both countries. Uh, this is from her album Guilty that she worked on with uh, Barry Gibb, and this song was written by Barry and Robin Gibb. And I learned that there's a demo version that Barry did that came out as part of the, the Guilty demos released in 2006. Uh, might be a bootleg. I found it on YouTube, but it's not on Spotify. Uh, this was Barbara's only UK number one single, uh, and she's had five US number ones so far. And this one also went number one around the world. Jumping ahead a few years to 1983, we find Men at Work topping the charts with their song Down Under. Uh, this is number one in the U.S. from January 15th to January 29th, and then again on February 12th, and uh, in the U.K. from Jan 29th to Feb 12th. So there was just that was the overlap for this one. The Men at Work actually have two U.S. number ones, this and Who Can It Be Now, but it was their only number one in the U.K. They are the only artists I can see from the 50s to now, even, that is Australian that has achieved this feat. And this song comes from the album Business As Usual, which was also a U.S. and U.K. number one. They are one of 12 artists to achieve this, meaning to top the U.S. and U.K. singles and albums chart all four at the same time. Uh, the lyrics to the song are based on Men at Work singer Colin Hayes' experiences traveling abroad. And there's a pop-up video version of the music video, which helps define many slang terms in the lyrics for non-Australian audiences. And it seems like uh, the humor of the lyrics and the visuals of the video mask a more serious message against the overdevelopment of Australian lands. Also in 83, uh, Michael Jackson had a big hit with Billie Jean. That was number one in the U.S. from March 5th of 83 to April 16th, and number one on March 5th in 83 from the U.K., so it spent seven weeks in all at number one in the U.S. and only one in the U.K. This is one of 13 U.S. number ones for Michael and seven U.K. number ones. Uh, this comes from the album Thriller, and it was a second single off of that following The Girl Is Mine. Billie Jean was written by Michael and produced by Michael and Quincy Jones. And there's many interesting tidbits on the Wikipedia page and some that contradict each other. Musically, the song took inspiration from State of Independence by John and Vangelis, as well as Hollow Notes' I Can't Go For That, No Can Do. And the song is well known for uh, Michael Jackson's performance on the Motown 25 special, where he introduced the moonwalk. Uh, jumping ahead to 1984, we find Stevie Wonder at the top of the charts with I Just Called to Say I Love You. 
This is a number one in the U.S. from October 13th to October 27th of 84. And in the U.K., it was uh, number one from September 8th through October 13th. So that was seven weeks for the U.K. and only three in the U.S. And with one week of overlap. Uh, this comes also from a soundtrack from the movie The Woman in Red, which had another single off of it called Love's Light and Flight, Love Light and Flight, also by Stevie Wonder. In all, Stevie has had 10 U.S. number ones um, and only two in the U.K. And one of those was his duet with Paul McCartney. Uh, I Just Called to Say I Love You was a huge song. It was number one on a record 19 charts, according to Wikipedia. He won the Golden Globe and Academy Award uh, for Best Original Song. And that was at the Oscars, where every song nominated was a number one pop hit. The song was written and produced by Stevie Wonder. And it was Motown Label's biggest selling single in the UK. And I have a theory that it gets played in Walgreens a lot to drive you to the card aisle. Uh, Moving on to 1985, uh, Foreigner had a big number one with I Want to Know What Love Is. That was number one in the US for two weeks, February 2nd through the 9th. And uh, in the UK, it was topped the charts from January 19th to February 2nd, giving it one week of overlap. The band's origin is the UK and the US, so that's your half. This comes from the album Agent Provocateur. This was the only number one for Foreigner in either country, uh, but in the U.S. they do have two number two hits, including Double Vision. The song was written by Mick Jones, who is part of the U.K. contingent of the band. I learned that backing vocals on this song were done by Jennifer Holliday of Dreamgirls fame, along with the New Jersey Mass Choir, and that Tom Bailey of the Thompson Twins played keyboards on the track. The New Jersey Mass Choir went on to release their own version of the song on an album with some uh, sacred and secular songs, some other cool covers I kind of want to check out. Um, Other covers include Wynonna Judd's in 2004, as well as Mariah Carey in 2009. Up next, also in 1985, uh, the USA for Africa supergroup uh, released We Are the World, the charity single for uh, famine relief in Africa. That was number one in the U.S. from April 13th to May 4th, and in the U.K. from April 20th to the 27th, giving them two weeks of overlap. Uh, It comes from the album of the same name. Um, I did hear that there is a new documentary out on Netflix uh, uh, detailing the recording of this song. And a few years ago, I remember footage of the recording going around and seeing how the artists worked to get each line exactly right. Uh, Harry Belafonte had the idea after being inspired by... Uh, band aid with do they know it's christmas and i learned that bob geldoff appears in the choir of for usa for africa which i don't think i knew uh the organization had raised 50 million dollars by 1986 and has raised 80 million to date and this is the ninth best-selling physical single of all time okay so up next is another reminder why you can't always take wikipedia at face value and it did make me very frustrated and i almost scrapped this but Enough of it was right, and I had already looked it up, so I just went with it. But the Wikipedia page lists Whiskey Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody as also achieving this simultaneous number one. But when I looked on, uh, used my sources of the Billboard.com as well as LP.jp that I refer to a lot, and the UK site is just officialcharts.com. It, it was a number one in both countries, but there was no overlap. Other facts that I learned was that uh, the album this was on, just called Whitney, it debuted at number one on the album chart, and it was the first time ever for a female artist, which kind of surprised me. Uh, Whitney has 11 number ones in the U.S. and four in the U.K. So 
So there was one more song left on the list, and I kind of thought, okay, this Whitney thing was a fluke. The last one from the 80s was listed as Like a Prayer by Madonna. And when I went to look up the dates, wouldn't you know it, it also does not overlap, despite, again, both being number one in both countries. This song came out in 89, and it hit number one in the U.S. from April 22nd to May 6th. And in the U.K., it was from March 25th to April 8th. So no overlap. I don't know who put that in there. I'm very annoyed because it does make me call into question all the ones that I didn't research. Although starting from the 2010s, I think it does have the sites for all of them. So someone has done the work for the later ones. But, you know, some of these ones from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 90s, 2000s. This is one of 12 number one hits in the U.S. for Madonna, and she has had 13 number ones in the U.K. And I read that she, in the decade of the 80s, she was the artist with the most number ones on that U.K. singles chart with six. Well, thanks for going along with me on this, even though it didn't end up quite what I thought it was going to be. It's still fascinating to learn about some of these achievements and may return to this to discuss some other ones if I do can do some more sleuthing. If someone wanted to revert the edits that added those two songs, you'd be well within your rights. Well, that's all from me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. Amazing work. I have to say, congratulations on 100 Chart Chat segments. I did not say it last week. Shame on me. Rachel, incredible job. 100 Chart Chats. That is an achievement. Super duper. This has been episode 318 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.